0: Thanks to Everlane for supporting Muller, she wrote. Would you buy a t-shirt for $50 if you knew it only cost $7 to make? We wouldn't either. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. And right now, you can check out their personalized collection at everlane.com ag. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. And thanks to Native for supporting Muller, she wrote. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and enter promo code ag during checkout. And thanks to Buffy for supporting Muller She Wrote. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit buffy.co and enter promo code AG. And finally, thanks to Daily Harvest for supporting Muller She Wrote. Daily Harvest makes it easy to eat well. They deliver thoughtfully sourced, chef-crafted food right to your door. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code AG25 to get $25 off your first box.
1: This is Greg Oliar, the author of Dirty Rubles, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote.
0: Hello and welcome to Muller. She wrote. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm better. I was very sick last week. You were. Ugh. I'm so glad you're better. And now Amanda's sick. Yeah, it's going around. And your boyfriend. And my boyfriend is sick. sick. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it is going around. So, everyone, please be safe. Yes. Um, Happy holidays to everyone. Happy New Year as well. Happy Hanukkah. And I hope everyone had a good Christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate. This is our last show of the year. Please consider supporting women in podcasting. Sign up to be become a patron. Coming in January, probably toward the end of the month, because we're redesigning the studio, we'll be turning on the video cameras in here, and only patrons will have access to that. And you also get a newsletter with all the articles we cite, plus my personal research notes. We have a lot of great thank you gifts and super like super space beans mugs and shirts. And you get bonus content like Q&A and corrections episodes along with book reviews, pre-sale tickets to live events and meetups, and ad-free episodes of our sister podcast, The Daily Beans. So head to patreon.com slash wrote, become a patron of both shows for the low, low price of one show. And your pledge helps us pay high wages and offer health benefits and 401k plans for our staff, even the part-timers. So thank you for supporting women in podcasting, and thanks to all our patrons out there. We have a great show today, including an interview with former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotti. We haven't spoken to him since mm-hmm. Chicago. Chicago, July 27th. Love him. Which was the day that I thought they opened the impeachment inquiry because Nadler filed for the Mueller Grand Jury materials under Article One powers. Uh, and of course we're going to play the Fantasy Indictment League. That's that that thing's heating up. Uh, but before we get to the news, it's time for my favorite segment, Corrections.
1: It's time to be to say I'm sorry. I made a mistake
0: All right, we don't have too many corrections because it's the holidays. Everyone's sort of out and about traveling. But Michelle Spencer did write to us and said in one of the Daily Beans episodes, Amanda mentioned being arts president, and Jordan uh, said that we should have a Secretary of art. Well, not quite a separate executive department. There is a federal council for the arts and humanities, broken up into mm. na- the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. That's so, great. We do have councils.
2: All right, we'll take out- a council.
0: But I like I, I like your cabinet-level position idea <laughs> <Yes>. as well. <laughs> I know, Secretary That's of in Art. That's when
2: this country's really going soft.
0: <laughs> <laughs> be like mm, art. We nerd. also have
2: Secretary of Vibes,
0: <laughs> Marianne Williamson, <laughs> yeah. Secretary of Healing Stones. <laughs> Um, uh, she also says my husband's grandfather served for a time as the director of museum programs under chairman of NEA, Nancy Hanks. Very so, cool. Very cool. Um, from anonymous, uh, says John's correction about Andrew Shear isn't accurate. Ooh, going back. This beef? Is- Corrections? Beef? Beef <laughs> <laughs> among <laughs> the listeners? Uh, this is going back with Shear. Uh, he resigned and, and we were trying to figure out if it was because of his, you know, financial issues or... Uh, etc but he this person says his correction follows the line initially pushed by party spokesperson dustin van vutt who who himself was summarily fired the party brass including former prime minister stephen harper are still looking into whether the use of funds was proper and seem to be leaning towards improper so Hmm. there we go all right uh if you want to you know clap back (laughs) (laughs) it's just uh, you know where to find us and and finally alex schaefer said part of your bit about the succession and the highly unlikely event of trump's removal is not quite correct pence would become potus and appoint a new vp however the new vp simply or excuse me needs a simple majority vote confirmation by both the house and the senate so if the house sat on it uh for example like if pelosi started Mm -hmm. acting like mcconnell until Pence went down, Pelosi would indeed become president. I just learned this myself. But even though Reich wasn't really right, it's misleading to conclude Pelosi couldn't become POTUS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we did address this in some last week's corrections too. I'm not saying she can't. I'm just saying she probably won't. Unlikely. Yeah, it's very unlikely because one of the main like arguments that the GOP has right now with impeachment is that it overturns the will of the voters. Mm -hmm. And while that's the dumbest argument ever because impeachment is to remove a president and we presume the president was voted mm-hmm. into office mm-hmm. at least, you know, yeah, <laughs> maybe not properly, but you know, at least by whatever counting standards we had at the time. And, and we know Mueller didn't investigate that. Remember mm-hmm. he said, I didn't look into whether the vote count changed, mm-hmm. Um, but that's their big thing. Overturn the will of the voters. If she did that, that actually probably would be overturning the will of the voters because while Trump wasn't properly elected, Republicans were put in office, mm-hmm. uh, and to to usurp the office of the presidency as a Democrat uh, would lend credence to that argument. I'm not saying I don't love it. Right, 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 uh, right. But it would...
2: Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, see, you just didn't want the Republicans to be in charge. Yeah. You want to be in charge this whole time.
0: Yeah. Et cetera. And, and you know, while that's not the case or, you know, necessarily the reasoning behind it, it, it would still lend, lend credence to that. Mm-hmm.
2: I also think that since they can't even get Trump... They can't get Republicans, I should say, to come out against Trump in the face of all of this evidence. There's no way that they would come out against Pence.
0: No. And we haven't even begun to even file anything in the courts against Pence. Mm-hmm. That would be well into past the election anyway. Right. Yeah. So we uh, have to vote. Oh, Podcasts here. Ooh, <laughs> meow. <laughs> so we have to vote. That's we are the Mullers we've been waiting for, like we said. So um, but yes, thank you for that correction. It is feasible. It is possible. I think it's just very unlikely. So those are corrections. If you have any, please head to MullerSheWrote.com, click contact, select corrections, and build us a compliment sandwich. We'll get it right eventually. We have a lot of news to get to, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, so the Treasury is about to borrow another trillion dollars to cover the cost of the tax cuts that never generated the revenue promised because, surprise, trickle-down economics doesn't work.
1: This is very controversial. Does anyone know what Vice President Bush called this in 1980? Anyone? Something DOO economics, voodoo economics.
0: So this is the second year in a row the Treasury has done this, had to borrow a trillion dollars. So let me explain what's going on here. Trump is borrowing money off our backs to buy himself a good economy, Mm -hmm. to win re-election so he can continue to line his pockets off of his position, all the while playing the market using trade wars and tariffs to cheat the stock market. Somebody's running away with billions of dollars on that. So this is the greatest grift of all time. And if you vote for him or support him, you are a sucker. You have been conned. You're a mark in the biggest con of the century. I just can't believe people don't see this. Like, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Why aren't Democrats talking about that more? That should be a huge... That should be the first thing they say against him because he's 100% going to run on the economy. Uh, that's, his, that's all he's got. Yeah. And yeah, while well, the stock market's
0: screaming and, and unemployment is low. Unemployment is low when he took office. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the thing the numbers that he cites are lies anyway mm-hmm. uh and the hoot the stock market yay so <laughs> like yeah they, how many of us you know who among us now yeah i mean granted if you've got a 401k plan etc cetera, etc cetera, but this is a false good economy it's it's gonna create a bubble it's going to burst you're going to lose money um and it's it's going to be bad, and it could happen under the Democrat we elect, and, of course, they'll get blamed for it. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing this by, with all the tariffs and trade wars, he's doing this by uh, you know, pressuring the Fed to keep the rates low when we actually shouldn't be. We should be ticking rates up a little bit because um, because the economy is doing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not. He's purposefully manufacturing a false good economy, mm-hmm. and he's borrowing money from us from our future to do that
2: yeah and you're totally right when shit goes real south and hopefully a democrats in office they're going to get blamed for it which i think is something that both sides need to stop doing is i don't know too much about econ but it does seem that it's usually the presidency after the one that implemented huge changes that winds up seeing the effects of it so then the credit gets swapped yeah so it's like maybe stop using that as a talking point both of them yeah but then again years. it's like you have to talk about the economy though so i don't know but yeah just be like well you know this person did this back then and now this is what's happening and i'm gonna tell you all because you're not dumb yeah.
0: <laughs> and and presidents generally can't make the economy good at least not for
2: real right unless they're doing the stuff that he's doing right like keeping mm-hmm. rates low suppressing rates against and... all advice R- yeah mm-hmm. and <laughs> And uh, and so a president
0: can fuck up the economy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to say that it's good now, you know, because job creation is job creation. Now, some people could argue probably rightfully that, you know, with the bailout that Obama did, we did rescue some parts of, of the economy, some sectors uh, of the economy, which allowed for the job growth, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. But this tax cut, for example, where, where, oh, it'll pay for itself in new jobs and new tax revenue. That didn't happen. And we knew that it wouldn't happen because, like we said, trickle-down economics doesn't work. And it, it, it basically, the companies just sort of hoarded that money.
2: Yeah. A point of I've also heard about the new job metric is that, yes, we have. And please, someone correct me if I'm wrong on this because I only heard another economist say this. So, obviously... I don't have the knowledge to corroborate it hearsay. or not. Yes, hearsay, third party. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> hearsay. You can't say any words. <laughs> you can Unless never cite anyone actually from your own yeah, brain. That's again. it. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> the earth is flat,
2: therefore the earth is flat. Yeah, but <laughs> but but I've I haven't seen it. That's true. It is science is hearsay. Yeah, isn't it? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I heard that multiple uh, job growth can also currently in this gig economy be attributed to yes maybe there are more jobs but a lot of the times it's a woman um single mother or single father or just someone that's needing to work multiple jobs and so it it inflates the number Mm -hmm. yeah where it's like yeah but that's not really a great sign that someone has to door dash lift also you know whatever just whatever gig economy Yeah. yeah whatever hustles exist for them it's like is that really growth you know mm. i yeah, mean it's then great then that to... that exists but it's not the best case scenario which is like solid jobs with health care yeah. and 401ks and all the stuff that you know but we have we to talk think about like what the economy and
0: what the job market looks like in general would you know i i feel like a, a good job economy has both now, mm-hmm. and there's like the the gig economy is going to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, and it's great that it exists because it allows flexibility for a lot of people, right? But on the other hand, they don't have a choice sometimes,
0: right? And it, it, for like healthcare, for example, mm-hmm. G- gig people in the gig economy don't get
2: health yeah, benefits. they get screwed pretty bad. I, I mean, Door Dashed for a long time. I mean, when when we I was do. like starting
0: off. Yes, we do. And yeah. I suppose this is a gig and a hustle, but yes, <laughs> like, right?
2: Yeah, but this is such a rare beautiful this is when capitalism is like chill you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> we also did incorporate though
2: and you know yeah
0: legit create jobs so yeah yeah exactly. i mean it's uh you know six and one half dozen but you're right like what does the economy look like because we can't certainly go back to our 70s manufacturing factory automobile worker uh, salary enough one salary enough for a yeah. family scenario yeah uh, because we have to take into
2: consideration the gig economy we have to take into consideration automation mm-hmm. um, or union jobs where people were getting paid like 60 grand a year yeah to do something that they do not get paid that amount anymore and 60 160 grand a year could pay for a family of four to live mm-hmm. and now it absolutely
0: cannot yeah
2: That's, and now those folks are like what's wrong with you pick you, yourselves up by your yeah. non-union bootstraps <laughs>
0: <laughs> your bootstraps made in china
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: my bootstraps were made in shine oh
2: gosh
0: oh we've, sorry. we're sorry dealing with podcast, we're leaving it in though b-roll yeah or c-roll for cats
2: podcat really loves just climbing right on the table it's <laughs> just all over the wires yeah he's
0: he's very aggressive about yeah, affection he is presumptuous yeah he's intense you said mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's just <laughs> love, love me and he's so sweet <clears throat> he'll grab your arm with his murder <laughs> mittens and like pull it into his face. I mean, <laughs> pet pet me. <laughs> you're so funny. Aww. What a turkey. Uh all right, moving on to the next news story. But just you know, be aware, you're being conned. Right. You all know, our listeners know. Yeah. Um so, well, let's move on here. Five Saudi hitmen were sentenced to death in a closed non-non-transparent trial. In the death of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, this is an outrage. Let's, you know, let's walk the people who orchestrated the mm-hmm. hit. I mean, mm-hmm. n- none of them were even looked at. Um, it was a, a sham trial. <laughs> I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. I hate to use a, a phrase from the other side, but it was. And it seems to me it's just a way to silence the people with direct knowledge that it was Mohammed bin Salman that ordered the hit, just mm-hmm. like our intelligence community has confirmed Um, Trump is praising the trial as a good start and hasn't said anything negative about the total lack of transparency or the fact that none of the people who ordered the hit were held accountable or even investigated probably. Trump is fighting sanctions on Turkey now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving on to this sort of related story. Um, And these some some of these sanctions would help our Kurdish allies by allowing them to be refugees to the United States. He's shutting that down. This is not a surprise because the sanctions are to punish Turkey for buying Russian missiles. And the sanction would ban the U.S. from selling Turkey F-16 or F-35 jets until Turkey abandons the S-400 missile defense system it purchased from Russia. These sanctions are supposed to be automatic because when we passed sanctions against Russia for interfering in the 2016 election, there were provisions in those sanctions that mandated sanctions against any country that makes major Mm -hmm. Russian weapons purchases. Hmm. So, despite that being the law, Trump has ignored it, pissing off Congress and forcing this legislation to enact sanctions that should be there in the first place. Automatic. Yeah. Um, This is another major separation of powers problem. uh, If if you ask me, Trump violated the Impoundment Act, as we know, by holding duly appropriated congressional funds from Ukraine to extort investigations out of his political, or out of out of Ukraine against his political rival. Uh, he violated the Magnitsky Act by failing to make a declarative statement within 120 days after the murder of Khashoggi. And now he's violating the Russian sanctions by not automatically sanctioning Turkey for making major weapons purchases from Russia. These are blatant violations disregarding the power of Congress mm-hmm. uh, and would be just as flagrant as ignoring a court order. We've talked about this, you know, when will we be in a constitutional crisis? It would be if SCOTUS said, hand over the tapes, and he refused, he would be in full defiance of a... Of a court order Mm -hmm. but the judicial and the legislative and the executive are co-equal branches of government and defying congressional appropriation funds from the impoundment act defying these automatic sanctions that are supposed to be placed defying having to make declarations under the magnitsky act that Mm -hmm. were triggered by congress that's the that is to me constitutional crisis time yeah he is defying
2: congressional uh, authority. Yeah, against the will of Congress, too. Yes. Like, it's not like it's one of those things where everyone's kind of like, eh, do we really need to, like, follow this? <laughs> Let that slide. Yeah, that was from a different time, that language. It's like, no, this was <laughs> passed after the your last election because they fucking interfered, so you won.
0: Yeah, and now talk about actually um, going against the will of the voters. We elected this Congress Um to to do to do their job and they and they have been and to so to defy Congress is to defy the will of the people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, if you think yeah, about it, yeah, absolutely. And it's also a, a separation of powers violation. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing what he's been able to just ignore mm-hmm. that is law and that is uh, congressionally mandated shit that has to be followed. I Yeah,
2: guess. it seems like he does this thing with dictators where. He initially will not come down on them like he needs to. And then maybe after he's had a chance to talk to them or something or whatever, you know, hit like with Russia. I can't imagine that there hasn't been so many conversations between him and Putin that were just like, you know, we we have to do something. I'm not going to come down and, and do everything that I could do right now, but we have to do something eventually just for the look of it. (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of what it seems like he does right yeah. you know optics right because you're saying you're saying he's now finally imposing or they're now finally imposing these sanctions on turkey that were supposed to be imposed they're trying and yeah. trump is fighting
0: it right and fighting additional oh Russian I'm, mis- sanctions. I'm so sorry yeah, i'm yeah. Misunderstood. That was the, the, i thought in uh, f- the very first uh, got it got it, it
2: got it. it okay but yeah he's okay he's well then that's even him. worse then
0: <laughs> so not only is he not you know taking following the law uh you know because turkey made russian weapons purchases they should be automatically sanctioned he's just not but he's blatantly ignoring that law and the things that the sanctions uh for russia laid out right uh, uh, by congress who we elected yes uh but now you know he's now he's fighting them want like they're, Got they're it. dude we're congress
2: yes you have to do this shit we told you to yeah you have to faithfully execute what we do Mm mm-hmm. mhm and I guess to my previous point, that was founded on nothing because I misunderstood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I could see him eventually being like, okay, fine, and then signing off on it, and then trying to get some credit for it. Oh, a- yep. after he's already talked to Erdogan, being like, hey, I got to do this, but I'll give you this kickback, or like, hundred percent, yeah, or or yeah, or maybe this is like a. You know, yeah, I helped you out. But he's also probably being pressured by
0: Erdogan Mm -hmm. to not allow these sanctions to go through. Oh, of course. Because we have the Khashoggi tapes. Right. You know? um, Yeah. It's just a mess.
2: Yeah, it's all a mess. I mean, it's like if they're criming on such a global scale like that, it's just a constant game of of cost-benefit analysis for them, I imagine, on like... How do
0: they keep track of who owes who what? Right. I'm I'm having a hard time.
2: Like The Illuminati.
0: The Khashoggi <laughs> thing, uh, but then Syria, the pullout. Uh, but we did bomb Syria. So like, is it Trump 3, Erdogan 4, and we owe him one? Right.
2: Like, I don't know. I can't fucking keep track of all of the quids pro quo. And that's only the stuff that we know about. You know that there's so much stuff that we don't know about. I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's like... Yeah obviously there are other things and i know that quids
0: is not the latin plural for quid I know you don't, <laughs> quid's need, to, <laughs> you don't need to send me a correction on that uh i'll have to look up the plural of quid mm-hmm. but you know what i mean yes um so yeah and that now there's even something uh, freakier that just happened uh this week and uh, this absolutely blows my mind and we'll be right back after this break with this you're good i'm i'm a little freaked out by this and then we also have an impeachment update so stick around Hey everybody, it's AG. Are you sick of overpaying for fashionable clothing that you know has an astronomical markup? Well, so are we. But we never have to overpay again because we discovered Everlane. Everlane makes premium clothes with the finest materials, but without the insane markups. They've eliminated the middleman, middle person, and they partner with the best ethical factories around the world and share the true cost of every product that they make with the consumer. So it's full transparency. They call it radical transparency, actually. And Everlane's clothes look and feel better. They last longer. They're really good quality. They cost less because they sell directly to the consumer. Their prices are often 30 to 50 percent lower than traditional retailers. They have everything from premium Japanese denim and Italian-made leather shoes to 100 percent grade A cashmere and outerwear made from recycled materials. My favorite, uh, I, right now, you know how like everyone, I have to have like. 10 black tank tops at all times this is where I get them and I got this really cool uh coat made from recycled water bottles so they're not only beautiful and comfortable but they're sustainable sustainable and ethical and they're far less expensive and right now you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com ag plus you'll get free shipping on your first order that's everlane.com ag again everlane.com ag you'll be glad you did all right welcome back so the thing that's freaking me out this week and i've been walking around pontificating on this to myself <laughs> pacing shaking my finger in the air and ranting in my own home so the department of justice recently issued a new legal opinion that appears to exempt a saudi-owned oil company uh, it, it exempts their lobbyists from registering under the foreign agents registration oh Act. god the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, who, by the way, I would love to work there. So if you're hiring, hit me up. <laughs> they have analyzed lobbying disclosures, uh, and they're telling us that lobbyists have been allowed to file under the less rigorous Lobbying Disclosures Act instead of FARA, hmm. and as a result, the lobbyists don't have to report meetings with government officials, thus hiding details of lobbying uh, of a lobbying campaign that could be considered part of Saudi Arabia's efforts to influence U.S. policy. Mm-hmm. More broadly, though. Uh, And this part caught my eye. The new Department of Justice legal opinion opens a giant loophole in the Federal Agents Registration Act that allows corporations that are wholly owned by a foreign state-owned company to obscure the full extent of their influence efforts in the United States. And when I hear a foreign state-owned company, I immediately think of the super-secret subpoena battle with Mystery Company from Country A. Yeah. That Mueller subpoenaed. And we held in contempt for a long time. uh, And we haven't heard anything about Uh, the one we haven't heard this is we haven't heard about it since June. And as we know, this administration has a habit of whipping up legal DOJ opinion memos to cover for past bad acts. Like when he finally found a lawyer to write up a memo saying he was allowed to withhold the Ukraine aid. That memo came out uh, in December and uh, well after mm-hmm. and also after several lawyers in the Office of Management and Budget who had issues with him violating the Impoundment Act which is a law that says you can't the the executive can't withhold duly appropriated congressional funds. Then he comes out with this opinion saying it was okay. It's like this retroactive thing only after several of these lawyers resigned, Mm -hmm. which I think I think in protest to having to write this opinion for him, he finally found a patsy to write the opinion for him. And I can't help think this new opinion gives cover to any lobbyists that might have been working in the U.S. on behalf of the secret company from Country A, for example, Mm -hmm. which I think is the Qatar Investment Authority, but could be a Saudi or a Russian bank. But it would definitely behoove the Trump administration for lobbyists to not have to disclose things like meetings with officials about directing the commission's funds from the sell-off of Rusal which, you know, the Cutter Investment Authority mm-hmm. brokered, or any meetings with officials for QIA trying to buy influence with Trump by bailing out Kushner's devil building at 666 Fifth Avenue, right? Which is very fucking fishy. And mm-hmm. this could also provide cover for Giuliani for not registering under Farah.
2: Yeah, what I'm thinking too is now... Because if he's
0: registering for Gazprom, a wholly owned foreign subsidiary or a wholly, yeah, wholly, mm-hmm. a wholly owned foreign company, he wouldn't have to disclose meetings he had with Gazprom executives, now we already know a lot of this. Is he stuff.
2: considered an official? Oh yeah,
0: no. But he could be considered a lobbyist. Yeah, or if, it doesn't so- have to be a government official. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he would have to disclose meetings he had with government officials, right? As a lobbyist, mm-hmm. right? Because anybody who lobbies for a foreign, you know, uh, a country without registering is subject to to the law. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to be. A government official
2: to be a lobbyist right? yeah right unfortunately most of them wind up being lobbyists
0: <laughs> i know that's where we get most of our lobbyists
2: anyway greg yeah. greg comes to mind yeah this all seems like a giant scheme to protect oligarchs it, it is right and so
0: now we've got and this could also protect flynn if you think about it because Flynn, as you know, would have been charged with Farah violations had he not cooperated, quote unquote. And he was <laughs> supposed to be a witness in the Bijan Kion trial mm-hmm. because he and Bijan lobbied illegally on behalf of Turkey. And he went from being a, a cooperating witness to a, an unindicted co-conspirator. This could provide cover for Flynn to not be indicted under Farah for mm-hmm. those for, you know, for blowing up his plea deal yeah. and not cooperating anymore. Particularly in a fair violation case. Wow. That's bad. It's really, it's fucked up. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm,
2: it freaks me out a little bit. Not too many people
0: are talking about this. No.
2: And that, I mean, without even understanding all the nuances of it, it's just deregulation, basically. Yeah. You're taking away requirements for people.
0: Yeah, and requirements that prevent foreign entities from interfering in our policy. Yes, and that is... Which is what which is how Trump lives e- his life. Exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. It's like if I could think of one thing that we do not need to ease up on, <laughs> it is the FARA registration process. Yeah, especially and just in lobby, light of Russia
0: and especially in light of Ukraine and, you know, everything else. We could go into the grand bargain and all the other nations that we've, you know, we've fucked with. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah that's frightening to me uh but you know hell what do we do crew i'm glad you're looking into it seriously i'm, I'm gonna have i want to see if i can reach out have somebody from crew come and talk to us about it
2: Ooh, that'd be great richard painter maybe he's not with them anymore, not them anymore i don't huh? think um yeah you're right. i think
0: i have a friend maybe robert mcguire i can't remember i've, I've got a couple of uh, folks inside mm-hmm. He might he might be with someone else anyway Uh, Also in the news, Turtle Dick Mitch is now saying he would be open to hearing from witnesses in this bullshit Senate trial where he and Lindsey Graham have already promised not to be impartial. So he might be cool with witnesses. He just refuses to put that in writing ahead of the trial. So Mitch McConnell is basically saying, trust me, (laughs) no, (laughs) great. Eat a dick. Get it in writing.
2: Yeah, I just still can't get over the them not being impartial jurors comments. I just cannot <gasps> I get over that. It's I like know. if you went to a courtroom and someone said that and a literal juror said that, you would not, you would not be allowed. That's how I get out of jury duty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>
0: <laughs> Whoa.
2: Cat attack. Oh it's an it's an aggressive uh, affection attack. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> He doesn't understand microphones. <laughs> you
0: want to talk to the people? You want to talk to the people? Meow. Say hi. No. Oh, no. no. He doesn't. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You go over there. <laughs> <laughs> <Pod-tac-> podcat attack. <laughs> Stay down there. Stay down there. Uh, and uh, everyone should stick around because later during the interview, I have a thoughtful discussion with Renato Mariotti, who disagrees with the strategy of withholding the articles from the Senate. So you, you won't want to miss that. Uh, and in some new court filings, House Democrats are confirming that they've said before uh, what they've been saying uh, before and what they, you know, that they're not closing the impeachment inquiry. Nice. Um, just because they've passed two articles for the Ukraine shakedown and a pair of filings that were due on 1223 per a minute order issued by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in both the McGann subpoena case and the Mueller grand jury material case. Doug Letter, that's the lawyer for the House Democrats, says explicitly, not implicitly, doesn't even imply it. He just says it that the documents and testimony are part of the ongoing impeachment investigation and could lead to additional articles of impeachment. So this is my justice porn come true, superseding articles of impeachment. Yeah. Uh, The D.C. Circuit Court will hear both cases January 3rd and what we're calling the separation of powers Super Bowl. Uh, I put my beans on Trump losing. um, The court refusing. I think the court will refuse. The D.C. Circuit Court will refuse to grant stays. But the allotted judge for the D.C. Circuit Court, who is Chief Justice John Roberts, who also happens to be presiding over the impeachment trial when it gets to the Senate, if it gets to the Senate, I think he will grant a temporary administrative stay, just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg did in the Mazar's case. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the Deutsche Bank case, excuse me. I think he will grant a temporary administrative stay stay in both cases until Trump can file for a writ of uh, certiorari with the Supreme Court. That's a fancy way of saying appealing to the Supreme Court. And I think SCOTUS will take the case, putting it on the same schedule with the two Mazar's cases and the Deutsche Bank case, and we'll get the decisions for all five in the June-July timeframe. If it's what you say, I love it, especially in the summer.
2: Yeah. (laughs) God, they're going to get so much shit just for that leading up to the election and stuff. You know,
0: you got to do what you got to do.
2: Yeah, and it's not their fault everything takes six months.
1: Mm -mm.
2: No, I'm, I'm actually
0: kind of surprised that it wasn't put on a faster track. Yeah. Um, but that's worst case scenario. And I think that I think they'll get the stay. I think he'll get to appeal both of these. I think it'll we'll get the decision in June, July. 99.99% sure Trump will lose all five cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, he's got Kavanaugh in there. But this is a really clear, well established thing that, that, that we're going for. Yeah. Um, well,
2: Kavanaugh clearly only cares about himself. So hopefully in that sense. He's going to be like, this is not an issue that I'm going to go down on. Yeah, maybe. Abortion, yes. Right. But not this. Right. The Federalist Society doesn't say I have to do this. Right. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are more uncharted territories. Right. For this a judge.
0: Is a, there's no real litmus test for the Federalist Society on this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Nancy can withhold the Ukraine articles that long. Or she'll send them along uh, to the Senate, have a trial, and then draw up new articles. Yeah. <laughs> And the new articles would be separate either way, right? And I think that it would you, you would just need one additional article because we've got him on abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Then you add an obstruction of justice article. And you get that from the McGann testimony and you get that from the Mueller documents, uh, the documentary evidence that Trump lied to Mueller about having foreknowledge of the WikiLeaks dumps because he did. And there's there is documentary evidence, but it's in those grand jury materials. We can't use it as evidence until we get our hands on it. And that would be an obstruction of justice as well, lying to a federal prosecutor, lying to Mueller. Mm -hmm. And so you would have Article 3, obstruction of justice, subsection 1 or subsection A, underpants A, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, trying to obstruct and curtail the Mueller investigation through 800 ways. Actually, there probably five in there. That's my beans are on five. Mm -hmm. And then subsection 2, uh, lying to federal prosecutors, which is what Clinton went down for. Mm-hmm. So that's one additional article, and you put it all together, send everything over to the Senate. Now you've got a case that's harder to acquit for for Republican senators. We would hold them to account for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she might not send them at all. I don't know. I, I really don't know. We'll talk. I'll talk to Renato about that a little bit, because think about the question becomes: Do we have one Senate trial with all the articles? Or do we have two Senate trials? And if you think about that for a second, two Senate trials would be two acquittals for Trump. Mm -hmm. That is not good. No. So my beans are on holding these (sighs) indefinitely. Not to mention she said she would send, at least until we get this uh, third article, evidence for the third article, she said she would send the articles over once she thought the trial would be fair, which means if she does send the article, she's implying the trial is fair, giving Trump another talking point for acquittal. Mm -hmm. Nancy said the trial was fair. I was acquitted. I win. Yeah. Uh, If we have a trial... I want only one (laughs) for a lot of reasons. First, look how nuts Trump is going with his sham Senate acquittal without without his sham Senate acquittal. Yes. He's literally imploding. uh, And this will just continue. Second, two impeachment trials is a lot. Frankly, there's a lot of fatigue for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not us, not our listeners, but, you know, a lot of the independent voters. Per the rules of the Senate, they'd have to they'd have to take a second trial unless a majority vote went through to change the rules or something, only allowing one impeachment per president per year or something. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could get like a punch card, nine impeachments, 10th one's free. (laughs) Um, Third, as much as McConnell is pretending he doesn't want the articles and doesn't care and doesn't want a trial, you know Trump is screaming at him to get it done. He wants his acquittal. He wants McConnell to steamroll the process, just have a trial without even waiting for Nancy to appoint house managers. He wants his acquittal that badly. And this is why he and McConnell were pushing for a fast impeachment while simultaneously bitching about it being rushed. Yep. Um, while well, all the Republicans, including Turley, that one guy mm-hmm. who testified as the scholar, mm-hmm. asked for more evidence in a slower process. I said, be careful what you wish for. And here we are. A slower process. Nancy called their bluff and now they're pissed. Yeah, Republicans don't want that at all. And it's beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we have an opposing view- opposing viewpoint later in the show from the th- very thoughtful um, and very expert Renato Mariotti, host of the On Topic podcast. So definitely stay with us for that. Also, in impeachment news, Trump is given a promotion to a top Mulvaney aide who refused to cooperate with impeachment. Trump named Robert Blair as the special representative for international telecommunications policy and for work on the G5 efforts. Hmm. Uh, this is highly sus Or 5G, not G5. Okay, what's the 5G? G5, 5G. <laughs> Electronics. Telecommunications. This is highly suspect. And now Blair's name is being floated for the secretary of state. Because now there are talks about replacing Pompeo. Jesus. Though Pompeo says he's not running for Senate next year. The deadline to file is June, so we'll know by June. Other names being floated to replace him are are Robert O'Brien, who is now the fourth national security advisor. Why
2: Um, why does he need to replace him? I'm not saying that I want him to stay necessarily, but it's like he seems like he's been such a loyal dementor. (laughs) 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 Yes.
0: Uh, Another contender for Pompeo's job is Steve, Hmm. Steve Mnuchin, along with Richard Grinnell, the ambassador to Germany, though the Germans have complained about his... He's aggro. He's kind (laughs) of aggro. Until one is selected and confirmed, the brand new deputy secretary of of state, Stephen uh, Bigon, I think that's how you... How do you spell
2: it? I have no idea. I'm just
0: curious. (laughs) B-E-I-G-U-N. He would become Hmm. the acting until he, he... confirm somebody through the senate uh other names being considered are iran brian hook that's a kushner buddy and marco rubio and tom cotton
2: i freaking hate that Kushner is still allowed to be there i know how is he I just forget sometimes <laughs> that his name comes up again i'm like god damn it you're not allowed to be here he's got like a, such a security risk he
0: is so vulnerable mm-hmm. mbs and mbz have like joked about having him in his pocket having him in their pocket yes that's right remember with the ice yeah. cube thing when ice cube got dragged into this whole mess yeah mm-hmm.
2: mm. he's a tool some mockery of a loin yeah
0: and there's nothing wrong with doing international business unless you're trying to do this also because now you've got people have leverage over you you know you can be an international businessman or you can be a white house advisor you can't be both
2: yeah well apparently you can be everything if <laughs> if you <laughs> suck trump's you pull yourself up by enough the bootstrap. yeah exactly they are made in china yeah. <laughs> Is it normal for people? You were talking about someone switching over from, well, yeah, Mnuchin, Treasury to Secretary of State. Are those kind of lateral moves normal at all? I don't know that you would actually even have to have a confirmation at that
0: point because he's been confirmed by the Senate. So yeah. that might be a way around having to get the Senate to confirm a new. That's terrifying. A new person. God. But Mnuchin almost lost his. Like that That wasn't that was a close vote. Mm-hmm. So he no people
2: don't like him. Uh, He's a chode. Yeah. Well, none of them are really qualified for any of this whatsoever, so them switching, it's not like qualification is the problem. Was he even
0: qualified to be <laughs> yeah. Secretary of the Treasury? No. So uh, w- how do you find grifty mobbed up uh, people who are actually qualified mm-hmm. to be a, right. to be Secretary? Of State? <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm surprised Chris Ray is still at the FBI, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll see. Uh, we'll be right back, though, um, with Hot Notes. We've got a couple of really good ones, so stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This segment of Mueller She Road is brought to you by Native Deodorant. For the longest time, I was looking for an aluminum-free deodorant that really works, and I finally found it. It's Native Deodorant. Um, Native is made without all the chemicals. No parabens, no talc, no aluminum. Uh, And a lot of those things may be linked to serious health concerns. And they use safe, simple, effective ingredients like coconut oil, baking soda, and shea butter. um, And it provides strong protection while feeling light and fresh. Native can hang with your tough workouts, your busy mom life, or or a 16-hour day, which is me. Um, Their deodorants come in a variety of awesome scents like coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and my current personal favorite, eucalyptus and mint. They also offer an unscented and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. Native has over 8,000 five-star reviews and has been featured on the Today Show, in Women's Health, uh, Good Morning America, Hello Giggles, and more. There's free shipping on every order, and they um, offer 30-day free returns and exchanges, so no risk. And get 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code AG during checkout. So that's 20% off your first purchase by going to nativedeodorant.com and enter promo code AG at checkout. This segment of Mueller's Sugar is also brought to you by our friends at Buffy. Buffy makes the Earth's most comfortable bedding that's super soft, very sustainable, Earth-friendly, made with only renewable and recycled materials. Uh, All of Buffy's bedding is unbelievably comfortable, from sheets and pillows to their cult favorite comforters made from an ultra-smooth eucalyptus fiber that feels softer than cotton. It's so breathable. Eucalyptus fiber is is just, uh, it's cool to the touch. It keeps me cool. I sleep hot. I'm a hot sleeper. It keeps me comfy at night, even though, you know, I am a hot sleeper, but it's been cold lately, but it also keeps you warm. It's incredible. I don't understand the eucalyptus technology. But what I love is that Buffy bedding is soft on the planet. And eucalyptus fiber isn't just softer than cotton, but it's more earth friendly. It's sourced from renewable forests, comes, uh, it, it consumes ten times less water to grow, uh, and it's transformed into ultra smooth fibers that. Um, they do this through in a waste-free production process, which I love as well. And all Buffy products are cruelty-free. They're hypoallergenic with no down feathers or animal products ever. I love Buffy. I'm not the only one. Customers have given Buffy's products over 17,000 five-star reviews, plus an overall average rating of 4.5. Buffy offers free trial. Um, basically, they ship it to you for free. They return it free if, you don't, if there's something weird about it. And they do that every day. So you can try out Buffy bedding for yourself for free. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it at no cost. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code AG. That's Buffy.co. And use promo code AG at checkout for $20 off. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Welcome back. Uh, our very, very good friend, friend of the pod, Natasha Bertrand, right? Mm-hmm. Had written up this really great piece uh, about the CIA. And Jordan has that.
2: Yeah. So Barr's do-over investigation that's being led by John Durham is underway. Uh, and like you said, Politico did a really good piece on how the CIA is kind of being brought into the mix. Not kind of, very much so. Being brought into the mix. Uh, Brennan is... Or sorry, not Brennan, Durham, is putting pressure on now CIA director Gina Haspel to hand over former director John Brennan's communications that surrounded the intelligence community assessment back from January 2017. So this was that report that definitively concluded that Putin interfered in the election to help Trump ultimately, a report that was backed by the Republican-led Senate Intel Committee, by the way, let's not forget that, and Mike Pompeo. Uh, So now that's put Haspel in a tough spot, right? Because she basically has to choose if she's going to placate Barr and potentially throw her agency and precedent under the bus. Not because they did anything wrong, but it would be opening the organization up to just further getting dragged into Barr's efforts to discredit every unfavorable finding to Trump ever, essentially. Uh, some CIA vets have been chiming in on this and what Haspel's ultimately going to wind up doing. And one guy, John Cypher, said that Haspel is probably confident there has been no serious wrongdoing and will therefore find a means to cooperate. So we'll see what happens. But she's in a really interesting position because she's not, like, shit-dumped on Trump all the time, you know, by Trump. <laughs> no, um, yeah, not at all. She's very quiet. Yeah, yeah, and, and he... Trump mostly only says good things about her, too. So, like when he does tweet about her and stuff. So, she's kind of like an under the radar person who's just been focusing a lot on sort of um, like recruitment is one of the big things she's been focusing on. More internal things, I guess, things that are less consequential maybe to what Trump has on his radar right now. So, she's kind of been flying under it. But um, sadly, because he doesn't talk so much shit about her that's probably one of the things that's allowed her to do her job for the last year and a half yeah she's gone surprisingly she's very good about keeping her head down totally uh and we remember
0: we've talked about her she she had a lot to do she was part of upholding a lot of the enhanced interrogation techniques under the operation stellar wind Hmm. do you remember
2: in comey's book
0: yeah um, yeah, I do. And that was a, a big issue that a lot of Democrats had with her being confirmed as head of CIA.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, so she's already proven herself to Trump, I guess. You, At least, you know, you have not hard and pass, you're hired. You've <laughs> tortured people, you're in. Yeah. Uh
0: but uh, I mean, we don't know, but that's the allegation.
2: Yeah. It does seem like she's uh I haven't done like a a ton of research into her, her past and what people kind of think about her. But the general sense I get is that she's kind of, um, I mean, she doesn't seem to have a lot of Democrats openly criticizing her right now. And then Trump also is not criticizing her openly very much right now. So it's just a really, it's one of the rare, you know, people that he doesn't have a super definitive opinion on, I guess, that are in those positions. Like Christopher Ray just has been, Loki slammed so many times just even though he's another person that's like it's I mean Christopher Ray I think is doing pretty much as good of a job as you could possibly do with that agency right now um but the fact that she's been there for 19 months me I think means something in this climate And hopefully she's not just doing a bunch of horrible shit. (laughs) It sounds like she's focusing more on the internal workings of the agency, but who knows? Who knows what's going to come out in three years? (laughs) Uh, But she was around when the Mifsud-Papadopoulos meeting occurred, not physically, obviously, but she was the station chief in the U.S. Embassy in London when it happened, Mm -hmm. and she was briefed on it all. And the Republican theory that Mifsud was an intelligence asset uh, and the whole thing may have been, you know, inappropriate uh, or or as they like to say, like a setup. That's that's something that Durham's probably going to push her on as well, kind of. People are talking like, you know, did she handle it the right way when she was briefed on it? But her approach to it was this seems like more of an FBI thing because it was. and Yeah,
0: and you have to also wonder, like... I I don't know. It's just pushing that stuff off is like, I mean, she Mifsud is you know was not part of that. But when we have this whole like Trump giving Barr the freedom to declassify whatever he wants, which allows Durham to get these communications from Brennan, which are probably actually very important to national security and shouldn't be made public. Mm-hmm. Uh, That is what frightens me about this whole process is the access that Trump's going to have to these communications that he wouldn't normally otherwise have. Mm -hmm. Because this shit's supposed to be top secret. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's weird.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she seems just very, like, run-of-the-mill CIA kind of personality. You know, someone that very much protects the intelligence community, stands behind whatever they collectively choose to do. Unfortunately, that comes with standing behind some really fucked up stuff sometimes, like the enhanced interrogation techniques. Right. Um, and it's... But, yeah, it's just... It'll be interesting to see how she winds up handling it. He has a way, Trump and Barr, have a way of putting people in this these positions where it's like they can't just preserving the status quo is not even which already was an issue because obviously this is america the status quo was very broken and needed to be reformed but not only can they they can't even get by preserving the status quo now they have to make some major ethical choice on whether or not they're going to placate this presidency that is just trying to manufacture outcomes for themselves within the intelligence community or if they're just gonna i guess yeah stand up for the status quo just to keep going and keep protecting what has been long standing precedent and we'll see what happens with her.
0: yeah it, it is kind of frightening to when you think about that like the precedent and
2: w- w- what they're going to do i mean oh yeah uh, and the way they're going about it derms just like showing up to other countries i basically mean, like, and they they've worn out the
0: phrase witch hunt metaphorically which is literally what they're doing they're, mm-hmm. They you know they kept that IG report From coming out They kept the Durham thing Hasn't been finished yet Because they're just looking for stuff
2: mm-hmm. To be wrong Yeah and the CIA is like the next place Where it seems they're really gonna Direct yeah. a lot of their efforts To see if they can uncover wrongdoing Well maybe
0: we'll see Gina Haspel Testifying some at some point soon Yeah About any of that But you know Mifsud is not an agent So I don't know it's just weird Yeah And, you know, talking about these ambiguous lawsuits and keeping shit open and being on witch hunts, I have an update on Andy McCabe. Uh, His attorney, uh, Murad Hussein, filed a declaration Christmas Eve uh, on McCabe's behalf in his lawsuit against the FBI and the Department of Justice. As we know, McCabe is suing over his wrongful termination in March of 2018 by Jeff Sessions via tweet just uh, hours before he was set to get his full pension. The new declaration alleges that several agencies and 30 individuals, including Chris Ray, Bill Barr, and Trump, have failed to hand over any materials requested in the lawsuit. Really? Saying, uh, quote, at this time, the plaintiff has assembled a small set of supporting evidence with his own records and public reporting. However, much of the relevant evidence in this case is in defendants, uh, in the defendant's exclusive possession or the possession of current or former government officials. From what we already know, uh, Barr opened a criminal investigation into McCabe. For lack of candor, but the grand jury, if you remember, failed to return an indictment, likely because there wasn't enough evidence. McCabe corrected his testimony to the inspector general and other agents. And because as the acting director of the FBI, he has sole authority to determine what information is given to reporters, he there's, there can be no underlying corrupt intent or motive to lie to cover it up about his actions. And that testimony came from Lisa Page, another favorite Trump target in the Russia mm-hmm. investigation, Uh, Barr, however, did not close the investigation after the grand jury balked on an indictment. He's left that open. It's still open. And a federal judge told Barr and the Department of Justice they would need to fish or cut bait, either close the case or produce documents in a FOIA lawsuit that was seeking the documents related to McCabe's dismissal, communications related to it. Um, DOJ came back and said, no, we're not going to close the case. We'll, We'll hand over the documents. But it appears they haven't uh, yet done that. Uh, otherwise, McCabe would have these and, and continuing they They seem to want to continue to drag their feet on handing over the evidence or closing the case, which is leaving McCabe in sort of a limbo. Now, naturally, if the documents were produced, they would exonerate McCabe. And this appears to be uh, maybe a Brady violation, at least to me. I don't know if that's I know that that would be a Brady violation in the criminal case. What is that again? I forgot. That's when you fail to turn over exculpatory evidence. Uh Like, remember when Mueller had to do something under the Brady uh, Act? He had to basically hand over some updated information he got about Gates and Manafort, saying it was actually Gates who was taking the polling data and giving it to Kalimnik, giving it to the Kremlin via Kalimnik, and not Manafort directly, but he was doing it on behalf of Manafort. Mm-hmm. And Mueller had to put that into evidence because it could excuse Manafort from handing over the polling data. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wasn't really being investigated for that right? Uh, or charged with anything like that, but you have to hand over anything that could um, exculpate mm-hmm. your the person you're prosecuting. Mm-hmm. Now, that I think that works in a criminal case. I don't know if that works in a civil case, which is what his lawsuit is against the DOJ, You know, so I don't know if you can have a Brady violation in a civil suit. I'm going to have to ask a lawyer. If you guys know, send it to us in corrections. But the case remains open. I suspect they won't close it because they're waiting for some sort of evidence they could actually use to indict McCabe and simply haven't been able to prove their case to a grand jury. Or maybe they're waiting for another grand jury. Um, Spoke to Andy McCabe, who seems to say that they are jury shopping to see if they can get an indictment out of maybe another impaneled grand jury for the same stuff. Uh, We'll keep you posted. Either way, on both the status of the criminal investigation, which is still open, and the lawsuit filed by McCabe for wrongful termination, as we know, he alleged that Sessions did not have the authority to fire him because he was no longer the acting director, and only the director of the FBI, Chris Wray, actually had any authority to fire McCabe, but Sessions did it. He also says, McCabe also says he had fulfilled his tour of duty for retirement purposes hours before Sessions tweeted that he was fired. He was done with his time in the FBI, Um, so he should have his pension Mm -hmm. it's a solid case i foresee his pension being reinstated he'll be exonerated of the crimes um but i hope his lawyer is going to file for these documents either under brady or something else some other sort of exculpatory thing but i mean he will end up i'm sure getting a court order to have to hand over all that stuff anyway uh because of that's what discovery is right Mm -hmm. i mean you have to get all the evidence yeah lag they lag on purpose they lollygag around the infield Mm -hmm. they're lollygaggers yes they are so that is my hot note update on McCabe shout out to him Um, he's a good dude Mm -hmm. and he's cute so (laughs) alright are you ready for sabotage yes All right, congratulations to everyone who made it through Wamageddon. Nice. I did not get taken out. Did you get taken out? My
2: dad took me out on Christmas Eve. On purpose? Oh, wait, no. Christmas Day. Oh, yes. Nope,
0: Christmas Day, you're fine.
2: Really? Yeah, you only have to make it to 11.59 on the 24th. Oh, shit.
0: Okay, so well, then I think it. I made it. You did. You made it. I'd play the song right now. Uh, but oh, I, I know. Think... It was
2: Christmas Eve. I lost. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we <laughs> have some people who are playing through New Year's. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> some of our Just listeners. Just for those... Storefronts that uh, don't know when to change and move on. <laughs> I, I
0: mean, you know, Christmas just happened and already people are putting up their Martin Luther King decorations. Mm-hmm. It's just it gets ridiculous every year. <laughs> so can't even give me a minute. No. uh, Yeah. So I don't want to sabotage those people who are playing t- t- through New Year's. Uh, I mean, I guess you could just play it all year uh, and just start the clock over January 1st. But yeah, chances are you're not going to hear it uh, yeah. uh, during the spring. Uh, and here's some new sabotage information. There is a, a s- extension filed in the Flynn case for a sentencing memo. Oh. They were due on December 6th, I think, uh-huh. and, they, and they wanted or December 30th, and they're asking now for January 6th. This is the prosecution. They're saying, hey, due to the holidays and due to a bunch of people not being able to sign off on this shit, we need another week to file our updated supplemental sentencing memo. And they insinuated that it's because they're making changes to it. As we know, they've previously asked for probation only for Flynn. That was the previous sentencing menu, because, menu memo because he was... What would you like tonight? <laughs> um, because he was cooperating at that point, you know. And so um, he was going to be a witness in the Bijan Kian case. He was going to be a witness in the stunk. And, and so here he is, and he is now... Th- <laughs> So they, I think what they're doing is they're amending the sentencing memo. They're going to be asking for prison time.
2: Now, oh goddamn!
0: Uh, because they need another week to do it. I'm those are beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did insinuate in the filing. Oh, well, you know, we may or may not need to amend our previous sentencing memo, and because we're amending it, that's why we need all these approvals and signatures. And it's a holiday, and so we need another week. Uh, DOJ agreed to this; the, the uh, both sides agreed to this, and they so they put it in there, and the judge granted it. It does not change the January twenty eighth sentencing day. De- uh, day, it just gave everyone an extra week to file their shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> there because now they're going to have to. They have January sixth. They're going to file uh, this new sentencing memorandum, and then crazy Sidney Powell will have until I think January 21st okay uh I think 20th 21st to respond to respond mm-hmm. in a surser reply or whatever they call it
2: and then a week until and then they have a week to...
0: yeah <laughs> and it's I don't think it's going to be good for uh Flynn although you know Trump could just pardon him which would please I dare you yeah. Right in the middle of being impeached, I dare you.
2: Yeah, the Eddie Gallagher pardon's going well for you right now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, super great.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: that fucking guy. Have you seen all of the- The videos? Yeah. 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 Yep. Scary. Mm-hmm. Gross. Very gross. Fucking He's not going to be able to take him
0: on the road now to campaign for him. Or maybe he will. Maybe, he'll think it, maybe he thinks it's, makes it makes him a better uh, supporter.
2: I mean, people tend to not want to split their support. It's easier for them to just get behind the idea of supporting troops in general but it seems like when there's so many other troops that are coming out saying, no, this guy was really fucked up and we had to like go out of our way to protect him from being a crazy man yeah. and committing these crimes more than he already did. Gross crimes. and yeah. The videos are horrible. I don't recommend you watch them. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't even just see those. I thought you were just talking it. about their- um... Oh, I'm
0: talking about the ones where he was posing and- Oh God, no, um, I didn't and then see then Videos those. of uh, of what he did to, to like a teenage ISIS fighter and stuff.
2: Oh my God.
0: Uh, but you know, uh, who knows what Trump supporters want and like? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, there is a quite real possibility that with this new sentencing memorandum, I don't think they'll bring him up on indictments of past behavior that they were otherwise going to let him go mm-hmm. on. I think they're just going to recommend the max More. sentencing yeah. for, um, or you know, go within the sentencing guidelines for this for the lie. Uh, but he is guilty of some fara violations, but that weird memo we were talking about could provide cover for that. that could go through the courts again and they might not want to use the taxpayers money to, to fight that battle. I don't know, but there could be something else coming out. I don't I just have no I've literally no sourced information or indication of that at all. I'm just going by the court the court filings here. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you ready to play the fantasy indictment league? Yes.
2: I'm gonna be indicted. No wait, it's gonna be a. <laughs> Honey, Dick, excited! I'm, I'm, I'm going be they, they can't. It's gonna be okay.
1: Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna
2: be excited. Okay, so I who's first? Is it me or you? I don't. I have no idea. Did you just do it solo last yeah, week? Yeah, I did
0: it solo, and I went first. Well, uh, no, Amanda played too. Oh, so fun! I went first. So that's your turn. You're
2: first. Oh well, yay! I'm doing Jisline because I saw an article that said she's finally starting to get looked into.
0: Yep, yeah, and in the UK as well. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with Flynn. Nice. Because, you know. <laughs> superseding. It would be, I think, a superseding indictment. I don't know what you call an indictment that would have happened had he not cooperated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's considered
2: superseding oh, or that's not. a good question. Yeah. Yeah, like a takes-backsies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a... Here's what we were
0: going to do. <laughs> yeah. A take-backsies indictment. <laughs> yes, that.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I'm going to do... Mm. so many criminals (laughs) so little time fucking giuliani yeah damn it
0: uh okay and i'll go with mm, superseding fruman nice i assume you're gonna do a plea
2: deal i am gonna hold out for that plea deal yeah parnas parnas
0: plea deal (laughs) i know you (laughs) Barack. No, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm- <laughs> it's okay. You can you <laughs> can have him. He hasn't done anything for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: which means if we leave him off, <laughs> yeah, he'll be indicted. Probably. Um, I'm gonna actually go with um, Weiselberg.
2: Mm. I'm gonna do superseding partners. Double down. Didn't you just do that? I did plea deal. Oh, superseding yeah. partners. Mm-hmm. Double down.
0: Double mm-hmm. down. I get it now. <sighs> How about Trump Inaugural? Ooh. Oh, let's... Buh. Okay, I'm going to do Trump Inaugural. I'm going to take Weisselberg off of there because the, the Cy Vance case is still going through the courts, and I'm going to make that Woolcroft instead. She's the inaugural lady.
2: Nice. Um, I will do... I think there's still much to be seen with the Lev and uh, Igor stuff, so I'll do a rando. A rando. I'll even make it specific. Rando. Russian national.
0: Russian national. Okay, I'm gonna go with. <clears throat> you got Giuliani, Trump. I'll do Barrick. I mean, you know, if you're, I don't, I don't want to leave him off this week. Yeah, I have a feeling.
2: Yeah, I feel like. Uh, so
0: I'm, I'm inaugural heavy. Nice. You're Giuliani heavy. Yeah. With a touch of gizzling,
2: Yeah. Well, they're, they all know each other, don't they? <laughs> um, it feels very M- McCarthy-esque saying rando Russian national.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes I feel bad, but like. <laughs> yeah. I think what you mean is somebody Kremlin connected of or, or mobbed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a yeah, literal yeah. bad guy. Absolutely. Not just like.
2: No, I know. It just sounds bad.
0: Bob the Russian walking around like, you, I know you, you know, yeah. no, not, not like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is how we play the Fantasy Indictment League. Uh, and now, uh, right on the other side of this break, is uh, the interview with Renato Mariotti. He is the host of the On Topic podcast. He is a CNN legal analyst. He's also a former federal prosecutor, and he has a little bit of a different idea. You know, we are, I'm very all for, you know, the withholding of the articles from the Senate, uh, you know, if, until summer or indefinitely, or at least until. A fair trial agreement can be reached which I don't think it can but uh, Renato has a a differing opinion and I I think it's worth uh, definitely worth listening to it's very thoughtful and we're actually closer than than I thought on a lot of this stuff so uh, I want you guys to take a listen so stick around for that everybody let's face it new year's resolutions do not always stick especially the ones with a focus on health at least for me because those require the most work but not anymore daily harvest makes it easy to eat well they deliver thoughtfully sourced chef crafted food right to my door uh, they work directly with farmers to harvest organic fruits and vegetables at their peak and then freeze them within 24 hours to lock in their nutrients that's a very important part of that process everything stays fresh until you're ready to enjoy it Um, Choose from more than 65 different options like smoothies, hearty soups, harvest bowls, and overnight oats. I love. Daily harvest is quick and easy. Um, It's a a quick and easy way to get all of your fruits and vegetables that you need every day. And everything can be prepared in five minutes or less, which I absolutely love. You know I love this. Uh, Each recipe takes one step. Uh, with room to make them your own, too. You can add your favorite milk to blend up a smoothie or heat up a harvest bowl, top it with avocado or a fried egg, whatever, you, whatever you're into. Whether you're at home, at your desk, or on the go, Daily Harvest is the easiest way to have a delicious and nutritious meal or snack. I am loving the Cauliflower Rice and Pesto Harvest Bowl. It's like uh, pesto risotto. Um, I also make the wheatgrass banana cucumber smoothie a lot because I never get the veggies that I need to because I am just running around like a crazy person. I'm so busy all the time and I need to get that serving of fruit, those servings of fruits and vegetables in. They have a wide variety of delicious, nutritious foods. So for once, it'll be easy to stick to those New Year's resolutions. So give yourself that little bit of a a benefit Um, and go to dailyharvest.com. Enter promo code AG25 to get $25 off, $25 off your first box. That's promo code AG25 for $25 off your first box. Box at dailyharvest.com. Again, dailyharvest.com. You'll be glad you did. Joining us for the interview today is former federal prosecutor, CNN legal analyst, and host of the On Topic podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, please welcome our friend Renato Mariotti back to the show. Renato, thanks for joining us on Mueller, She Wrote. Thank you.
1: Happy to be back.
0: It is good to speak to you again. I don't think we've had you on since Chicago, which was July 27th. It's
1: been a while. That was the day, right, right around the day Mueller testified. A lot has changed, that's for damn sure.
0: Yeah, it was a couple days after that, and it was the day that Jerry Nadler filed for the grand jury materials under Article 1 impeachment powers, and I was convinced that is when we started the impeachment inquiry. Um <laughs> And not in September when uh, Pelosi announced it. But uh, speaking of impeachment, Donald John Trump is now the third president to be impeached. But you and I have some different feelings about the next steps now that the articles have been approved. Mm -hmm. And as many of our listeners know, I wanted Pelosi to hit the brakes on impeachment. Uh, I thought she might do that by holding back the articles from a full vote. In the House. But as it turns out, what she seems to have done here is she's refusing to uh, select House impeachment managers, or at least until she sees what the trial rules look like in the Senate. So she can make her selection based on those factors. And that seems to be the quote unquote delay that everyone's talking about right now. Now, I like this delay because I th- I see it as leverage to demand fair rules in the Senate. And I think it gives us time to wait for more evidence from other ongoing impeachment investigations like the obstruction of justice, Don McGahn's subpoena that we're waiting for, and, and the Mueller grand jury materials, and also Trump's finances. Uh, but you know st- this, this process is still allowed for a fast impeachment to address the urgency of the Ukraine extortion scheme. But you don't like this delay. You don't think it's the right approach for several reasons. Um, the first one being that you don't see the Democrats actually really have any real leverage here. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Look, I don't I just to be clear, I don't really have any opinion about the timing of impeachment. If the Democrats had decided to wait a year uh, to do this and continue building evidence, I would have been fine with that. Um, But now they've impeached uh, Trump. He's as you point out, he's one of the only a few presidents who have been impeached. So, you know, at this point, there's nothing that's in the Constitution or some law book that dictates how things go forward you know, there are Senate rules, which of course can be changed by the Senate. And really what I expect McConnell to do is either ignore this or just, uh, hold a vote anyway. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, it, uh, I've seen these news reports that Trump is upset, but you know, if he ever gets distracted, uh, then it really, I don't see this really mattering. I mean, it's more of a, it's, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I think is capturing attention right now. It's a slow time around the holidays. But if we move on to other news, why does McConnell McConnell uh, even care?
0: Right. And um, I think the only reason for me that he would care is that Trump's probably screaming at him that he wants his acquittal. Uh, but you said, you know, that that he could go ahead and just have this trial without waiting. Yeah, he but- could just say, yeah. But if they do that, wouldn't that be politically worse for them, especially in an election year, to just steamroll over the process like that?
1: I mean, they're going to do that anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, one thing I, I have no I have no faith in Senate Republicans and never did. You know, this is something you and I disagreed. Remember back when it was like Romney was going to get a band of people together in the Senate? And I never had any uh, hope for any of them. And so I, I've always thought that they were going to just do whatever they were going to do anyway. And. They were going to defend Trump. And so they're going to do that, whether we send over the articles now or if we send them over in six months or in a year, they're going to just have their vote. And the question is, will the public care? And I don't know. Um, I'm not an expert on that. Uh, And it's up to Democrats to get that message out there. But I think that's going to happen. And I just think that we have to accept that reality and focus on things that we do control. Now, I understand people – I've gotten a lot of flack for this position because a lot of people are like, well, we should play hardball. Um, as if I've never been aggressive in my career or been – You know, certainly I think you should do – when the stakes matter, when there's something where you playing hardball can, can move the needle, I think we should. But I, to me, this isn't like a Supreme Court seat where McConnell played hardball and he got a Supreme Court seat out of it. I, I don't see us getting anything
0: tangible out of this. I, I understand that position, at least. And, I, and you know, I, I agree with you that when they h- held the articles of impeachment didn't matter much. I think the reason was because this is urgent because of the 2020 election. But I was sitting there saying, I don't see how impeaching the president protects the 2020 elections at all. It's the bills that we've that mm-hmm. we're trying to get passed in the Senate that would do that, that are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. And and regarding the the romney stuff i want i want to be clear i never f- expected them to do that we were more you know call your senators and okay. then and then also wouldn't it be funny if because of this whole white horse prophecy thing that you know we were talking about where you know there's a uh, an old kind of i think defuck now mormon prophecy where some mormon will come riding out of the west on a white horse and save democracy and so we just thought that that was kind of Funny,
1: yeah, and I don't mean to. I wasn't trying to be critical. I, I, to me, I think there's also a different. You know, there's a question that you have hope, or are you more cynical about things? And I'm probably too much on the cynical side at times. And I think that's part of the part of the reason people want to do this is because they have hope that seeing witnesses are going to change the minds of senators. I, I don't yeah, believe I, that.
0: I don't either, and I don't think a lot of our listeners have that hope either. I think that the ho all the hope is lost on the Senate. But I think that okay. What we are why we like this delay is for the purpose of getting more evidence and more articles and not having to have a second Senate trial, which would be a second acquittal. Mm. Uh, But, you know, Mm. in order to to get these other articles all in in one Senate trial and then also because of that additional compounding evidence from the McGahn testimony and from the Mueller grand jury materials, which will show that Trump lied to Mueller. Uh, which is a crime, uh, then then it it becomes harder for these senators to acquit politically uh, for the upcoming election. Mm. And it puts it closer to the election because, as we all know, things fall out of the news cycle and we forget about them. It seems like it happened 10 years ago. So that's kind of where I think we sit on 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 our opinion about this. Like, wait until we have more evidence. We don't want two Mm. trials. That's a circus. That's a shit show. And yeah, so that's kind of I think where we are, and it's not it's got nothing to do with having any faith in republican senators
1: yeah, I, I think well, I'm glad that no one does at this <laughs> stage. I think we have no no reason to have any faith in these people. You know it'll be interesting i mean one one theme that the Republicans have developed is, okay, they're trying to impeach Trump from day one, they're trying to impeach him over everything. you know, I wonder if continually adding articles of impeachment is going to add to that narrative. I mean, what do you feel about that? To which narrative? To the narrative that Democrats are just trying to impeach Trump for everything. I mean, the Mm. truth of the matter is he's committed all sorts of impeachable offenses. (laughs) There's a lot to choose from.
0: Yeah. If you've committed a hundred crimes, it's, it's, it's hard to not, you know, put them all forward. I, I, and I never really understood the simplicity of keeping it Ukraine. Um, mm. uh, I I never really I because I mean the whole process with the hearings and twenty hours and uh you know yeah. and and seventeen witnesses uh most, lot, many of which were publicly facing and then having the scholar uh panel interview I I don't think that if that's simple then fuck simple I mean <laughs> well you know why even. Huh why even bother? Uh, because you're just going to, because it, it, I think to me it appears that people are going to be fatigued by this process regardless of whether it's one crime or 50 crimes. So pile them on, man, make it hard for the Senate to acquit and hold them accountable. It makes it easier to hold them accountable. My main fear though, uh, Renato, I have to say is two trials. I just
1: hate that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, yeah, I, I had a different take. I was disagreed with you on the, um, the simplicity thing i mean this is just i'm not look i'm not an expert on manipulating public opinion so uh, you know people who are pr people can answer that stuff better but i just know if somebody's tried a lot of jury cases yeah. you know, this this issue that we're debating is one that prosecutors debate constantly when they're charging cases do we throw the book at somebody or and put everything in there or do we streamline our charges i'm i've usually been in the streamline camp um, in pro- For prosecutors, it could be different because having more charges out there, like, like for example, the charges against Manafort, where it was just overwhelming.
0: I was just thinking about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot there.
1: Yeah, it was like overwhelming. Right. And the, the, the purpose of it was essentially to try to get him to plead, I thought, and flip. I mean, that was what they were trying to do. And th- there that that that's a, a consideration that doesn't exist here. But, you know, to give you a flip side, you know, when when Rod Bogoyevich was charged. There were so many charges that the jury just found it too confusing, and they they hung on almost every charge, all but one in the first trial. And the you know the charges got streamlined for the second trial, and he was convicted. Uh, you know, to me, uh, you know this is complicated enough, and people pay so little attention, and they're only really looking at sound bites. So to me, having a simple story and hammering at home is usually you know, a good way of of convincing a jury. I don't know about, uh, you know, 300 million people or whatever, but certainly a jury. Uh, And, you know, I guess it remains to be seen here. It just seems to me like um, there's a lot to explain. I mean, I think people have already lost track of all of Trump's scandals. And, you know, to me, one of the assets that Trump has is that he has so many scandals and so many problems and he's committing so many transgressions that I think there's a lot of fatigue out there amongst people who are less concerned about what's going on in our country than you and I are.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying to add, you know, we could add abusive power when he tried to push the postmaster general to double the shipping rates on Bezos and Amazon. We could add, you know, emoluments, any number of domestic and foreign emoluments. We could add uh, we could add nepotism. We could add F- Logan Act. We could—I mean—you could add I a mean, hundred articles of impeachment. I'm thinking mainly another, just one more article: obstruction of justice, which includes the you know multiple obstruction of justice uh, felonies he committed trying to cover up and and halt and curtail the Mueller investigation and the obstruction of justice. You could put, you know, subsection two, lying to federal prosecutors when he lied in his written answers to Mueller about having no foreknowledge of the WikiLeaks dumps. And I think just adding that third article and then having the documentary uh, evidence and having the testimonial evidence from Don McGahn is just going to make it very difficult to I think to acquit him, but again, we're not going to get that material provided the Supreme Court grants it, which I think they will. I'm 99.99% sure they will. Uh, we don't get that until June or July, you know, and so yeah. yeah now we're looking at, uh, you know, if it's what you say, I love it, especially in the summer, but we're, <laughs> you know, we're talking now about Pushing this back right into the into the depths of a, of a election season after the main candidates are chosen and uh, and I think that the people want the Dem the Dem candidate to run on uh, anti-corruption, but also health care and you know everything else that this country's worried about climate change and. Uh, jobs, et cetera, and, and not so much focus on on the impeachment. But I'm I'm still waiting for for a dem candidate to come forward and say that they're going to limit the power of the presidency when they get into office. And I just haven't heard that yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I haven't either. You know, it's been actually uh, Charlie Savage at The New York Times um, has done an, a, a really good a questionnaire for all the candidates asking them about their views on executive power. And it's been interesting to see the responses and non-responses by many, you know, there's certain candidates that haven't responded at all. So I, I'm, look, I'm concerned about the kind of long-term effect of the presidency from Trump. But, you know, regarding the timing of all this, you know, I'm not an expert on that. And frankly, it was really political people who were saying we needed to get this done before election season. I mean, when I talked to members of Congress, they all said, oh, we have to get this wrapped up. You know, if we do it after the Iowa caucuses and New Hampshire primary, you know, the Republicans are just going to say that we should let the voters decide and they're going to ignore it. And and I don't know. I don't know whether it's true or not, but that's what they that's what they say. I, you know, I think that regardless, a lot of this is going to hang over Trump's head and the Mueller stuff, which, as you know, I wrote, uh, you know, an op ed with Mimi uh, Rocha right after. Um, you know, shortly after the Mueller report saying that if Trump wasn't in office, he would be charged. And I really believe that, mm-hmm. you know, when we wrote that letter, you know, that we got others to sign and so forth. So I am, you know, I'm very um, I feel very strongly about that. But at the same time, you know, I, I realize that, that uh, we have a very uphill battle to do anything uh, to limit his power until the voters throw him out.
0: Until that point, yes. You wrote another piece, you you know, because Pelosi says she, well, there's now others saying that Pelosi could hold the articles indefinitely, never give them over to the Senate. You wrote a column about that. What, uh, What prompted you to write that column? And what are your thoughts on an indefinite withholding of the articles?
1: Yeah. So I spoke to a member of Congress who said that there was movement in the direction of holding them indefinitely and just never sending it over to the Senate and um, that, you know, Pelosi's uh, folks were really talking like that was very seriously in consideration. And I was concerned because, you know, to me, the, the you know, the, the Republicans kept saying, oh, this impeachment process is just political. You're just trying to tar Trump and, and demean him. And what 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 the response was from, I think, from our side of the aisle was, no, Trump is a danger and we need to remove him from office. And this is a serious attempt to do that because he did something that is so wrongful that we need to act quickly. And that's why we're we're going as quickly as possible. And I believe that I I, I mean, I didn't to me, that wasn't a talking point. That was something I think is the truth. And so to me, never to send these things over um, is really undercuts that message. And I appreciate the Senate's going to do, you know, this is not going to have a real process. I don't know if it would be any better if we had Mitch McConnell sit there and pretend to listen to witnesses for a few days. <laughs> I don't really know whether that. Even if he set out saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to hear
0: witnesses, we're going to have a fair trial. Does anybody really believe that? And And... The, the problem here, too, is, though, on the on the other hand, Renato, Pelosi has said she'll send the articles over when she feels that the trial will be fair, which means that she's now implicitly giving her blessing of a trial, calling it fair once she sends the articles over. Uh, and when, she's, right. when she said that, that's when I instantly thought she is never planning on sending these over because... She can't. If she does, she's saying the set the trial is fair. Now, you know, to be like, you know, did we talk about how it would undercut the message of we've got to remove him? It's the process. This is the process we go through. It's our duty. We have to remove him. If you guys don't remove him, that's on you. And that's why we want to send those over. We don't want to undercut that message. But, may, you know, maybe it's just getting to the point where Democrats are like, look, uh, given all the egregious crimes from the other side is is undercutting a message really a problem these days because you know who knows what with this political climate but you know i am i am concerned about this whole fair trial aspect just like you i don't think it happens even if the rules look great and they have witnesses and everybody's happy i don't think that it's going to be an acquittal regardless
1: right they'll just ignore they'll just ignore they're not going to have them. 100 witnesses. They'll have two or three witnesses or whatever. You know, Clinton trial wasn't that long. I mean, I lived through that. So, uh, you know, they're they're going to, they'll have a few witnesses. They'll, they'll, they're not, it's not, and it's not like these senators are going to spend hours poring over any documents or doing anything else.
0: But they'll complain, though, that they didn't have enough time to review them.
1: Or, right. Well I'm sure there'll be some excuse offered, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we know what the result's going to be. So, I mean, the question is, is there anybody who votes To remove trump any republican even one i mean that that's where i'm at i'm not sure you'll get a single vote to remove trump i
0: don't think so you know people are saying murkowski is bothered by something and collins is disturbed and you know what they've been bothered and disturbed for you know for a while i don't trust i hey cool hey pleasantly surprise me if you want but I'm not yep. I'm not expecting one single Republican vote um, if this goes to a Senate trial. But we'll see. You know, like I said, I'm concerned that, you know, now that having said that, sending the articles over is giving up. This is basically Pelosi saying this trial was fair, which gives them another, you know, a stronger acquittal talking point. So that's why I was like, I don't think girls are going to send these over at all.
1: Um, but. You
0: know, if I was
1: McConnell, I would have given her just a few witnesses or whatever. And then just so we'll take three days off. We'll listen to the same people we heard in the House say the same thing. And then you vote. I mean, that's, I, I don't know completely why he didn't just do that. Maybe the, the the Democrats are pushing for more. I don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure they want Bolton and Mulvaney and Blair and Duffy. Wow. And, I, and And those would. T- tank the senator's yeah. case <laughs> like you. they yeah. do not want those yeah. folks testifying
1: yeah that's not gonna happen no, no,
0: no. alright well we're a lot closer on this than I thought um, so I'm glad that we had the chance to talk and I wanted to bring you on because you know I like to get uh, you, you know I love your podcast you're extremely in- intelligent thoughtful and you know I wanted to get your um, differing opinion on this uh, on on you know, out to our listeners, because I want our listeners, we have very, again, thoughtful you know, listeners, and I wanted them to to have another argument so they can, you know, make up their own minds instead of just listening to me yammer on about what I like.
1: <laughs> I think it's great. I will just say that I think it's what sets us apart from Trump and his supporters. I mean, you know, we have a, we have different views, and that's a good thing. And, you know, I look, I got a lot of nasty grams uh, and hate mail from the that column I wrote, but you know, the point was, I knew that people wouldn't necessarily want to hear what I had to say on that, but it's important for us to have differing views and debate them and to actually be thinking about what the right thing to do is. And I, I I'm i proud to be on the side that's doing that.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think the only issue is, is that, uh, you know, I think Seth, it was Seth Abramson wrote a giant thread about the wins and how we're winning and how we're losing with what Pelosi's doing right now. And he sees that the only thing that could hurt the Democrats by delaying sending the articles would be if the media made Pelosi out as a villain in all this. And and I think that that might be probably what prompted some folks oh. to to come at you and be like, look, you know, let Mama Pelosi do her shit. Um, Let's not vilify her and, and give the Republicans more talking points. But I think a lot of people, I think there's just a lot of knee-jerk reactions out where, you know, it's not a vilification of Pelosi. It's a... Uh, this is I think that the, here's the problem with what's happening. But, you know, I think people just see things differently.
1: Wow. Well, that that helps me understand what's going on.
0: Yeah. And that was a Thank really you. popular thread that got a lot of traction. And so I think now everyone's just sort of... Uh, getting their hackles up defending Pelosi which which for a long time I was criticizing her for not impeaching him for the Mueller stuff I I was like right what are you doing and and now I see she's got this sort of long long game planned here and I'm like all right you know what I'm gonna trust what she does uh and see see what happens but um it it would be it doesn't behoove anyone to not talk about the intricacies and and benefits and and uh, you know negative negative aspects of uh, of a process or of a strategy. So I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with us about it today.
1: Thank you very much, AJ. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, anytime. And everyone, please check out the on topic podcast uh, with Renato Mariotti. Uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And we also follow you on Twitter. Where are you out on Twitter?
1: So Renato underscore Mariotti, hard to spell. R e n a t o underscore M a r i o t t i.
0: One R, two T's. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and um, I, I'm I'm glad you came out and to to have this discussion. So have a wonderful new year, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks again. All right, so that is the interview, and that is our show, final show of 2019. Man, I think 2020 is going to be a much better year for us. Um, 2019, five words or less, what the fuck was that? <laughs> That's just my 2019. Hashtag, what the fuck was that? That's funny. Just an insane year. Um, just a fire hose of a year. Um, I do have yeah. a quick final thought. I wanted to send out uh, uh, all the love and light I possibly can to all of the victims and their families in the attack on in Rockland, New York on the 7th night of Hanukkah at the rabbi's home, uh, about 100 people were in there. Um <clears throat> he left his door unlocked for the lighting. Uh, he was lighting the menorah, somebody came in with a long knife, um stabbed a bunch of people. They caught him. He's pleaded not guilty. Um Rockland is a small community, about 90,000 people, but a third are Jewish. Uh so it's a very um close-knit Jewish community there, and um, this is just... This is domestic terrorism, and we need to take action on this. We need to call our senators, make sure that we adjust the domestic terror laws to include mm-hmm. domestic American terrorism, mm-hmm. homegrown. Bolster those domestic terror laws. Uh, this... I don't understand why you are in America if you don't like diversity. That's mm-hmm. what we are. You, This shit is not welcome in my country, and I just want to really... Send my thoughts out to to everybody there. Everybody impacted. All the people of New York, Rockland County, everybody. Um, It's just awful. Uh, I'm speechless about it. Um, And it continues to happen. Southern Poverty Law Center has some pretty horrible numbers on this.
2: I just don't understand. I just don't. I don't understand. It's also been going up. Acts of violence against Jewish people has been going up. Yes. And it's 13 attacks in New York in the last three weeks, I believe. Just so crazy. I don't understand any of it, but this is particularly nonsensical to me because I wonder where, because straight up racism comes from the top down in many ways with Trump. Absolutely. And and the sort of, you know, zeitgeist of, of a lot of people that are very high up and influential in our country and so does anti-semitism but with trump and trump nation it seems like their anti-semitism is not nearly as blatant as their straight up racism is which is indicative to me just of how deep-seated that hate is that it's just been festering for so long and something about and now just they're allowed the culture of happen. hate in general is triggering that now they're allowed to have, like, yeah. be openly hateful. Yeah. Even though Trump and his people will try to say, you know, that Democrats, that the Squad is anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. So it's, yeah, it's just, I don't understand any of it.
0: Yeah, he'll turn it around, and make it about BDS and and all that, and um, turn it around. You know, like you said, uh, blame it on his opponent, right? Uh, yeah well um much peace and love to them
2: on mm-hmm.
0: in this holiday season and uh everyone to you as well and, and to your families um your chosen families and your not chosen families <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we all have i think a little bit of both and um do you have any final thoughts jordan
2: um no have a safe new year and I hope that you all are surrounded by people that you love. 100%. Mm-hmm. Take that care of yourselves. You.
0: Take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullahSheWrote.com. MSW Media.